Today's daf is Nun Tet. In Psachim, we are on Nun Chet Amud Bet. We are 11 lines from the bottom. Tanur Abanan. We're continuing on because since the Korban Pesach is incorporated into the uh, service of the day of Erev Pesach, so it has to be properly uh, placed in the order of events of the day. And the Korban Tamid is, of course, the first thing that's done in the beginning of the day in the uh, in the Bet HaMikdash. <coughs> but now it says like this, How do we know that nothing can come before the morning Tamid? Talmud so when it talks about the wood that's placed on the uh, on the mizbeach, the the uh, the fire that's going to burn on the mizbeach, it says you should place upon it the ola, the the ola. So what's the ola? Uh, seemingly that's referring to the korban tamid. So my talmud, how do they interpret from arach aleha ha ola that that means uh, that the korban tamid has to come first? Because amarava ha ola ola rishona, meaning the thing that the the one that goes up first, meaning ha ola. Rashi says midelo ketiv ve'arach aleha ola. It says the Ola. It means you should put right away the Ola HaChashuva HaAmurat Chilal L'Chol HaOlot. The first Korban Ola that's mentioned before any other Ola is mentioned in the list of the Korbanot in Pinchas, which is the Korban Tamid. So that's the first thing that goes up directly onto the wood, meaning the very first thing that's going to go is going to be the Korban Tamid. How do you know that nothing can be brought after the afternoon Tamid? Because it says you shall burn on it the fats of the Shlamim. So what does that have to do with anything? How does, it, how does that tell you that you can't have a korban after the, the korban of the afternoon? Uh, so it says, my Talmudah, again, what is the meaning? What is the, uh, how do you interpret that uh, in, in uh, you know, to support your view that you can't bring a korban after the afternoon tamid? Where do you see that from? So it says, Because it's saying on it. That's the same pasuk. The same pasuk that's talking about the korban tamid of the morning says, You should burn on it the fats of the shlamim. So Abaye is saying that on it you burn other korbanot, but don't burn anything on the korban of the afternoon. Meaning, don't once you've done the morning korban, it's almost like everything else that you're doing that day is adding on to the korban of the morning. But don't add anything on to the korban of the afternoon. <coughs> because uh, that would be doing something after the Korban of the afternoon. So then Matzkif Rava doesn't like that, because how do you know that that means that you can't bring any Korban after the Tamid of the afternoon? All that tells you is that is only, uh, only Korban Shlamim. Maybe you could bring other kinds of Korban that are not Shlamim. Shlamim is a very specific type of a Korban. Maybe that's the only kind of thing you can't bring after the Korban Tamid of the afternoon. Maybe everything else is okay. So it says no. Therefore, why does it say Hashilamim? Not because it's identifying a certain type of Korban, but to tell like it says in the end of Abaye's list of the uh, offerings of the day in the Korbanot of the morning, he says, meaning on it, you finish all of the Korbanot, meaning on the Korban of the morning, all other Korbanot are considered a, an, a, an addition to a completion of uh, you know, that Korban of the morning. You finish them on, we're using the word Shalamim to mean the, the completion Okay, Lashon of Shalem, that everything else that we need to do for the day is on the Korban Tamid. It's after the Korban Tamid of the morning, but not after the Korban Tamid of the afternoon. And that's how we, that Drasha supports the Alakha that we said before, that all Korbanon of the day have to be brought in between the Korban of the morning and the Korban of the afternoon, the Tamid of the morning and Tamid of the afternoon, with the exception, like we said, of a Korban Pesach, which is a unique case. Now, the Rabbi said, Tamid Kodem Pesach, Pesach Kodem So the, now this is the order that the, uh, the, that the, the Breitta suggests as follows. You have the Tamid of the afternoon, right? We know we have the Tamid of the morning. That's brought at like five o'clock in the morning, very early, right? Then you have the Tamid of the afternoon, which we said on Erev Pesach is brought around one thirty, right? 
And so, uh, and so you would bring the Korban Tavi. Then you have the Pesach. Then you have the Ketoret, the Ketoret of the afternoon. Because remember, there's a Ketoret in the morning and a Ketoret in the afternoon. There's not three Ketorets, even though it's read three times in the Sidor. It's, uh, there's only two. There's only one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So the one in the morning, the afternoon, all, and, and that's Kodemet Lenerot. So after, you, after they would bring the Ketoret, they would, bring, they would light the um, menorah for the... Uh, the Kohen would light the menorah. That was the final service that they did. So the order, normally the order was Tamid Shel Ben Harbaim, followed by, followed by the Ketoret, followed by the menorah. But when you have the Korban Pesach sandwiched in there, so you have the Korban of the afternoon, followed by the Korban Pesach, followed by the Ketoret, followed by the, uh, followed by the Nerot. Okay? Now, and where, where do we get that from? So, Yeuchar Davar Shenemar Bo Ba'erev U Ben Harbaim, Davar Shenemar Bo Ba'erev Ela Ben Harbaim, Bilvad. That we, the reason why we put the Korban Pesach after the Korban Tamid Shel uh, Ben Harbaim is because when it talks about the afternoon Korban, it just says it should be Ben Harbaim. Right? That's it. But when it talks about the Korban Pesach, it doesn't only say Ben Harbaim, it does say Ben Harbaim, but it also says the word Ba'erev, right? That you should bring the Korban Pesach, Ba'erev, it actually says, right? Um, and therefore, the, uh, the, you have a double language. You have Ben Harbaim, which usually means afternoon, and you also have Erev, which means even later than that. So the implication is that it has to be even later. It has a double emphasis on it being late to tell you that the Korban, of Pe- the Korban Pesach comes after the afternoon Korban, the d- afternoon daily Korban. Okay? So that's the, that they learn from the fact that it says Ben Harbaim and Erev. Okay? Now, Iachi, if that's true, Ketor Venerot Nami, Nekadmur Pesach. Right? So why didn't you make the same argument then about the Ketoret? And the menorah. Why are you putting them after the Korban Pesach? The Korban Pesach should be the very last thing because it says Ba'erev. It's supposed to be close to the evening. Right? So, the, so again, same reasoning. Because when it talks about the Ketoret and it talks about the, um, it talks about the Uvalot Aronet Tanerot Ben Arbaim Yaktirena. Right? We read it every day. Right? So that's, a, that's the same thing. It's Ben Arbaim, meaning in the afternoon. So it doesn't say Ba'erev. It says Ben Arbaim. So if it says Ben Arbaim, you're saying Ben Arbaim is a little bit earlier than Ba'erev. Ba'erev means very, very late. So why don't you do the Korban Pesach? Why don't you do Korban of the afternoon and Ketoret and Menorah and then squeeze in the Korban Pesach after that? Why are you doing it before the, uh, according to your logic, that the double language of Ben Arbaim and Ba'erev gives Pesach the priority to be at the latest thing? So it should be also later than the Ketorot and also later than the Menorah. So it says Shani Hatta. Twice a day? What? Once a day or twice a day? It's a Machloket Rishonim whether there's in the morning a Nerot or not. The Rambam says yes, there's morning and evening. Ketorot for sure is twice a day. Yeah. Shane matam de me'it rachmana oto. There, there's an extra word oto that teaches us that it has to be the last of the last thing. Okay? Meaning the Menorah has to be the last of the last. Because the Dani we learned in the Boker. Now that is talking about the Menorah. It has to be lit from evening to morning, right? First of all, you have to put enough oil into the Menorah that will be able to burn from evening to morning. And another thing, there's nothing that's kosher from that time period of the day except the Menorah. In other words, the Menorah has to be the very last thing. At that point, there's nothing else that's ever going to be allowed to be done. It is the final, final thing. And therefore, even Korban Pesach has to be before the Menorah is lit. My time out's the reason. It emphasizes it is from Erev to Boker. It is from evening to morning, but nothing else is. And that, therefore, overrides even the uh, Korban Pesach and the Menorah is going to be last. And since the Pasuk connects the Ketorot and the Nerot, as we know, because it says, 
it says that when you're lighting the menorah, that's when you bring the ketorot. So we see that the ketorot and the menorah have to be the last, last, last thing. And the, uh, and the, uh, korban of the, uh, korban pesach is gonna be before that. Davitani, we learned in a, but we learned in a bright the kikushyan. Interestingly, there's another brighter that disagrees with this and actually supports our original supposition, right? The hava amina that we had, the initial thought that we had, is supported because it says here, tamid kodem lektoret, ketoret kodem lenerot, menorot kodem the pesach. That it says, actually, no, the tamid should be before the ketoret, the ketoret before the menorah, and the menorah should be before the korban pesach, not the other way around. Not the korban pesach followed by the menorah and the ketoret, the other way around. Why? Yochar davar shenemar bo ba'erev, ubein arbaim, davar shelo nemar bo, ela bein arbaim bilvad. Right, so according to this b'rita, it's like the original way that we said that I, the, the, the supposition that well, if you're telling me that the double language of ben arbaim and ba'erev tells you that you're supposed to do that, that should be the latest thing. So korban pesach should be even later than the ketorot and the uh, and the menorah, and that would mean that you would actually do the ketorot and the menorah early, very early, you know, that day, in order to uh, allow for the korban pesach to be brought afterwards. What about the fact that you told me the pasuk says oto, which means that it. The lighting of the menorah has to be the latest. So, we're going to use that for something else to exclude an avodah that's done inside. Which is the ketoret. In other words, when you're questioning what to do first, ketoret or, or, or hadlakat nerot, what would you do? Right? Both of them are done in the hechal. They're not done outside. Right? The outside, the spectators cannot see it actually. It's inside the kodesh. So what's the uh, which which one should you do first? Now when you read the pasuk it says which sounds like it says sounds like it means you light the candles and then you bring the ketoret because it says at the time that he's lighting the menorah he should also uh, bring the ketoret so it sounds like the ketoret is after the menorah so you might have thought that what you should do is first light the candles and then bring the ketoret so therefore that's why it tells you oto no this the lighting of the menorah is the last thing if that's true so what does the pasuk mean then when it says that it should be offered in the afternoon. This is what the Torah is telling you. At the very time that the person is bringing the is is lighting the candles, the ketor should already be burning. Okay. In other words, that it, that means that it's already lit. That the, the ketor is already burning. The Torah is actually preceding the menorah, not afterwards. So even though it sounds as if it means first you light the menorah and then you, uh, and then you bring the Torah, what it actually means is when you're lighting the menorah, it was already, the Torah was already burning. Okay? So therefore, menorah is the last thing normally. But this bright is taking the view that actually Korban Pesach is after the menorah on Erev Pesach, which is very fascinating. The only thing that could ever be before the Tamid of the morning would be the Ketorot. Okay, now if you look at the, now Rashi says, So he says, really it's, it's complicated because there are different stages of each one of the, uh, each one of the uh, avodot. So which one exactly is coming first is sometimes complex to say because different steps of different avodot are done at different times. But anyway, yeah, or like putting the marechet, like you, you, put the fa- you put the wood for it and then you, put the, then you slaughter the korban tamid, but then you didn't put up the, you didn't put up the, uh, uh, the emurim of the Korban Tamid yet. And, you know, here it's talking about when do you burn it? Because this, the Shechitah of the Korban Tamid is definitely before 
the uh, ketoreth, but the offering of the uh, body of the korban tamid is after. By the, by the time you do that, you already have the ketoreth going. Shinemar ba baboker baboker, because it says regarding the ketoreth, baboker baboker, each morning. Now really, baboker baboker twice means, pamaim baboker means each and every morning. Kol boker, that's what it actually means. But baboker baboker, they're taking as an emphasis to be as earl- the earliest thing, right? <laughs> No, not Well, I mean, it could be, but they started doing the Avodah of the Korban Tamid at Alot HaShachar. So it's very early, yeah. So it would be a Lefnanet. So I don't know exactly what time they got to the different parts of the service. You know, when they started, they did the Shechita, they did this, and they did the Ketorah. The point is that the Ketorah was burning, since all you do with that is burn, so it's going to be already burning by the time you put the body of the Korban Pesach, and, I mean, Korban Tamid, rather, on the, uh, on the Mizbeach. Right? Because what does it say? So it says it only one time boker. So that means it's going to be a little bit later than the Ketorahet. So we have here another Chidush. That in addition to on, on uh, the Nerot and the Ketorot that are always done after the Tamid of the afternoon, right? They're always done after the, the Tamid. They're, they're not counted in the rule that you can't bring a Korban after that. The Pesach is also an exception. We said that's the only case where the Torah actually specifically mandates that we offer the Korban Pesach after the afternoon Korban. But there's also Mechusar Kippurim, a person who uh, finished his purita- purification process and now needs to uh, bring a korban for that. Let's say he's a mitzvah, he's a zav, whatever he is that he needs, or yoledet, someone who needs to bring the korban to complete the purification process so they can eat the korban Pesach, also would be allowed to bring that korban even if they were running late. They got to the Beit HaMikdash late, they've already brought the korban tamid of the afternoon, and people are already bringing their korban Pesach. This person says, look, if I don't bring my korban to finish my tzara'at, or my uh, being a zav, or my being a yoledet, or whatever, if I don't finish it in time, I'm not going to be able to eat the Korban Pesach tonight. So they also allowed that person to bring his uh, or her Korban Pesach and then go to the Mikveh to, uh, because you always have to go to the Mikveh one more time when you're Mechuzar Kippurim, and then they would be able to... Ma'an Nazir? A Nazir is not, is not Tameh. No, he's not Tameh. Uh, assuming he's not Tameh. Huh? It's not related to Korban Pesach, so it wouldn't matter. We're talking about somebody who has to bring it because they have a, ta- a deadline that tonight they need to bring a Korban. What? They always would go after, yeah. They did already, but then they would always go up. Since there was still something that, you know, was uh, preventing them from eating the Korban, they would go to the Mikveh again. I mean, but really it was extra. It was extra. So Rabbi Ishmael ben Oshel Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka Omer Av Mechusar Kippurim B'Sharimot Tashana Shetovel Vochel B'Koshim Laerev. You know what? Even a person who's Mechusar Kippurim who had to fin- who was finishing their tzara'at or finishing their being a zav or finishing whatever that they needed to bring a korban, <coughs> even that person could bring their korban after the Tamid Shel Ben Arbaim if they have another korban that they want to eat. In other words, there's a korban shlamim that they're bringing and they want to be able to eat the meat that night, and so therefore they're bringing even though the korban tamid of the afternoon has already been brought. They could get in and bring the korban to finish their purification process as a mitzvah or whatever it was. So that night they'd be able to eat the korban because it's a mitzvah also to eat a korban that's available to them. So since they want to be able to eat the korban that they brought, let's say, earlier that day when they, they figured they'd be able to get their 
uh, their korban in, and then it didn't. So even though the, the, the korban tamid of the afternoon was brought, they're able to squeeze in and get their uh, complete the purification process. So now the, the thing is like this. So that says again, but he can. We understand why we would make an exception for the person to eat the korban pesach, because the guy, let's say, is a mitzvah, he didn't have a chance to bring his korbanot to finish his tarat. Now he comes in the afternoon of erev pesach and he still hasn't brought it. So tonight he won't be able to eat the korban pesach. Well, korban pesach is a big deal. It's something sheish bokaret. Now it happens to be that eating the korban pesach is not doesn't have karet. It's only the bringing of the korban pesach. But still, since it's a very serious mitzvah, we want to give him the opportunity to participate, and therefore we understand why we override the rule, what's called aseda shlama, the usual rule, that we only offer korbanot before the afternoon tamid, right? We don't want to usually, we don't want to violate that rule. We violate that rule for korban pesach because it's a mitzvah, it's not a violation, but in any other case, we're, we're bending the rule, we're letting the guy bring a personal korban in the afternoon, we're not really supposed to, right? But in the case of Rabbi Yochanan ben, Rabbi Shmuel ben, why is he saying here, Rabbi Shmuel ben, Rabbi Yochanan ben Boka, why is he saying that you can bring any mechusar kipurim, any person who has a korban that they need to bring to finish their purification can do it even in violation of the rules, even late in the afternoon, because that night they want to eat a korban and they won't be able to eat a korban unless they do it because mechusar kipurim can't eat a korban. They want to be able to do it. What, what, what's the difference? You're violating one thing to, to, to save another thing. In other words, you're going to break the rule of bringing a korban late in the afternoon why? So he can do another mitzvah. So you're violating one mitzvah to do another mitzvah. What, what, what's the difference? In the case of Pesach, we understand. Pesach, Korban Pesach has uh, pride of place. You know, it's a, it's a very important mitzvah. But of any other Korban that he just wants to be able to eat his Korban Shlamim, why is that uh, overriding a rule of how ladies allowed to bring his purification thing? And at the end of the day, his purification offering is a personal issue. Why would he be able to break the rule? Right? Amar Ravina, Ravina said, Amar Rav Chizda said, that this is a nice solution, nice neat solution. He says, you know what? The rule, what's the rule? What does it mean you have to finish the korbanot of the day on the korban of the morning? It's talking about the body of the korban that you put on the mizbeach. But we're talking here about chatata of. Remember that in many cases, a person who's bringing a purification korban, such as a yoledet, such as a mitzvah who is poor, brings a korban chatat that is an is a bird and a and a chatata of none of the body of the of the bird goes on the mizbeach only the blood goes on the mizbeach the body goes to the kohanim so that would mean that you're not actually putting anything on the mizbeach to burn in addition to the korbanot of the day. So what's the problem? Problem is that once you've put the korban tamid of the afternoon on the mizbech to burn, you're not supposed to add anything else to what's burning on the mizbech. No problem. Chatat of doesn't burn on the mizbech. You just put the blood on the side of the wall. So that would be okay. So that's what he's talking about. When he said you're allowed to do that, it means a guy did all of the korbanot except for he had the chatat of left to do and the time ran out. They brought the korban tamid of the afternoon. He said, just just put my bird on there. So, so that's why Rabbi Shmuel ben Rabbi Yochanan ben Brokai is saying it's okay because saying he's not even putting anything on the Mizbeach. So give the guy a break. Let him have his korban chatat done. Right? So, we're talking about a Mikhusar Kippurim. Uh-huh. Right? So he's either was a Zav, Mitzorah, whatever. Right? Or Yoledit in the case of a lady. You know, the truth is we could even be talking about a, a, an, a sin of uh, the chatat that was an animal. And still it wouldn't be in violation necessarily of the rule of not burning something on the Mizbeach for the following reason. Because, because Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yochanan ben Brokha will just say what you do is you take 
the body of the Koban, right? You do the blood service, which again, we said, isn't really an issue because you're not burning anything on the Mizbech other than the Koban Tamid. You put the body of the Koban on the Mizbech, but not on the fire. Okay, because the rule is you can't leave a korban over to the next day. It's called lina, psul lina. But if it's on the mizbeach, it, there's no psul lina, which means that it doesn't become, it's not that you left it off the mizbeach, you just didn't burn it. So then the next day you'd be allowed to take it and burn it on the mizbeach. You wouldn't have a problem. So that's the, uh, that's the, what his solution is. He's saying even a korban that does have to be burned on the mizbeach, not a chatat of where it doesn't have to be burned on the mizbeach, but even a chatat, regular animal chatat that has to be burned on the mizbeach, as long as you put it up there, it's not on the ground. You put it up there. You leave it over to the next day. The next day they'll do it at the right time. It's no problem. No. The next day. What? They get the kapara even though it's burning. That's oh, going to talk about that issue. Yeah. They're going to talk about the issue of what, what the status is if they don't burn it. But we'll see. We'll see. But that's is, what he's trying to get around is he's trying to get around the problem of why does he allow the person to bring a korban, violate the rule of offering a korban after the korban tamid of the afternoon with no real reason. So he says, well, because he's not going to violate the rule. He's, it's just going to be a blood service or he's just going to put the animal up there, but it's not really burning it. It's going to wait till the next day. And that would, that would apply to any day, saying any day of the year. We're not talking about Pesach because obviously Pesach, you wouldn't be able to do that because you wouldn't be able to burn the animal the next day either because it's not, it's, it's Yom Tov or it's Shabbat. You're not allowed to do that. But it, we're talking about any day of the year, right? So now it says, Va'ika uh, well, What about the fact that... Um, Va'ika asham. What about the asham? When a person comes, let's say he's in Mitzvah, he doesn't just bring, he brings three korbanot. He brings asham, ola, and chatat. He doesn't just bring one. And the asham is always an animal, right? So the, uh, so it says like, so it's always an animal. It's always a sheep. You cannot bring an asham that is a, uh, it's a ram actually, right? You cannot bring, um, it's an eye, it's an elasham or it could be a keves, I think, right? It could be one or the other, depends on the case. But the, the point is that it has to be an animal. It cannot, there's no asham that is a, um, that is ever a bird. So the thing is like this. So So according to Rav Papa, we already have the answer. We'll just put the asham up on the mizbeach and we'll wait till the next day to burn it. But but what about uh, what about Rav Chizda? Rav Chizda is claiming that no, it's just a bird. It's just a bird that's being put up. Right? How could there just be a bird? The guy has three korbanot to bring. So how could you say he just has a bird to put up, a bird chatat? Even the mitzvah that's allowed to bring a bird is only allowed to bring a bird to satisfy the obligation of ola and satisfy the obligation of chatat. But for the asham, he has to bring, he has to bring an animal no matter what. So it says, ah, amrei shekarev ashamo. No problem. We're talking about a guy that his asham was brought already. But he had, he said, oh, I, I forgot the bird. Let me run home and get the chatat. So he ran home and by the time he ran home and got the chatat, they already had brought the korban of the afternoon. So can he do it? Right? So he says, but va'ika ola, what about the ola? Now the ola is always burned on the mizbeach, even if it's a bird, which is why they're not saying, "Oh, what about animal?" Maybe because if the guy's bringing a bird chatat, he's also bringing a bird ola. You don't bring, you don't mix and match, right? But the thing is that the ola has to be burned on the mizbeach, so you won't have the the benefit of saying, "Well, it's not burned on the mizbeach." Right? So, and and this is according to Rav Chista, who says leaving it up on the mizbeach and not burning it is not an option, right? So, how is he going to allow him to bring the korban ola? He has to have an ola and a chatat. Maybe you'll tell me the Ola doesn't, is not ma'akev, is not necessary, and he can satisfy his obligation just with the chatat. Not true. But we learned, just like the chatat and hasham are necessary, right? The same thing is true about the, the Ola. They all have to be brought. So we can't say that he excused himself from one of these korbanot. They all must have been brought. So how could this work? And maybe you'll tell me that the Ola was already brought. Same answer that we gave before. Oh, 
I brought my Yesham already. I brought my Ola already that, were, that are on the Mizbech. And then they brought the Korban Tamid of the afternoon without doing my Chatat, which was just a blood service. Can I do it now? That was the question. Right? So he says, no, because right? Because the thing is, do you ever have a case where the Ola is brought before the Chatat? That doesn't happen. In other words, if this guy has a korban to bring, if this guy has a korban chatat to bring, he must also have a korban olah after that to bring, because the chatat is also always before the asha, is always before the olah. So how could it be that the guy only has a chatat to bring and not an olah? It's not possible. Daughters may right? have to make a mistake, for example. No then you have to do two. It would be out of order. It's saying it would be out of order. So v'atanya ve'kuvet asher lechatat rishona. We learned that, we, that the Pasuk says he brings the one that is for the Chatat first. Now, this is actually not talking directly about the Mitzvah, but talking about another case. But the point is, it says, It's talking about it, that you always bring the Chatat first. Since it already tells you the second bird is brought as a, as a uh, uh, the second Korban is brought rather as a, uh, as, uh, as the Ola. So obviously, and this is talking about the Korban Olevi Red, actually. It's talking about the case of the person who swears falsely or whatever and has to bring korban olev yored, the sliding scale korban. It says the first one is brought as a, uh, as a chatat and the second one as an olah. So why does it have to say that twice? We know there are two korbanot. So why do you have to say bring the first one as a, uh, as a chatat and then say bring the second one as an olah? Just say bring the first one as a chatat. We know the second one is olah. Or vice versa. You don't have to say it twice. What does it do? lechol kodmot imahen. We have a general rule that even in a case where a person is bringing an olat behema together with chatat of chatat always comes first. Chatat is always going to be the first. And so therefore, if we have a situation such as this, where the person comes and says, I have a chatat of to bring for my, uh, my, uh, to complete my purification process, he must have the olat also afterwards to do because there's no way that the chatat would be extant without the olat. And since the olat is necessary, if we can't also bring the Ola, what good is bringing the Chatat? We just said that the Ola is also Me'akevet. So there's no way that the person can get out. Of, there's no value to the Chatat without the Ola. And the Chatat, there must be the Ola after it. And we can't do the Ola because the Ola has to be put up on the Mizbech. And according to Rav Chisra, that's not an option. So therefore what? So therefore, so we said, Amarava, we have a Chidush here. Shani Olat Metzora. The Olat Metzora is different. That there's a that the unique phenomenon here is that it, uh, an exception to the rule that the olah is brought before the chatat in this case and that case, and therefore we uh, we see that uh, that the mitzvah is a, a, an exception where the the chatat comes before uh, comes at the end the olah is first followed by the chatat and therefore um, since it's an exception to the rule. It's possible for the person to just have their chatat left to bring at the end of the day. And, um, and uh, that would mean that the, it's, it, the case is, is a possibility. Meaning the case is a, uh, it, it, it could happen that a person brought their asham, brought their olah and still has the chatat to bring. And at the end of the, um, and, and, and at the end of the day, they want to squeeze it in one last thing. And since it's only a blood service and they don't put any of it on the mizbeach, therefore, uh, Rav Chista said that it would be okay according to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka. There is one other exception, which is the case of the, uh, the Parhelim Davashel Tzibur that's done for Avodah Zorah, when the community sins with Avodah Zorah. Also, it's a, there's a, uh, a situation, that's a situation <coughs> where they bring the Olah before the Chatat, but they didn't bring that up here. Anyway, so, um. Is there a significance with the order? Yeah. But well, I don't want to go into too much of it right now, but. Why would you say? That wouldn't be Mechusar Kippurim. Right, it's not a case of Mechusar Kippurim, right. 
But they're saying as a general rule, whenever you have a chatat and olad together, you always bring the you always would bring the chatat first, except these exceptions. You're right. Yeah, I guess they would just say that wasn't a case of a chuzar kippur. Now, Amar Rav According to you, where you're saying that what you do is the solution is if the guy wants to bring it, according to Rabbi Shmuel Ben Rabbi Yochanan Ben Boka, leave the animal on top of the mizbeach. So it says. Uh, this is creating a situation where the, uh, trouble could come to the Kohani because the because the people are going to come and they're going to want to burn it. In other words, they're going to see a Korban lying there and they're going to burn it. How do you know they're going to realize not to burn it? Right? So since, and Rashi says, In other words, what they're allowed to do is put on the leftover body parts of the korbanot that were properly slaughtered and, and the blood was thrown at the right time in between the two daily sacrifices, the morning and afternoon, the ones that were done properly. So those, they're, they're allowed to put the body parts of those animals on all night, whatever, whatever wasn't able to get on the Mizbech. But this one, they actually have to leave. They're not allowed to because it will be basically endorsing the violation of the, uh, uh, of the, um, of the fact that they, you know, they did the blood service at the wrong time. Right? So, th- so they won't realize that this is an exception, that we can't put it on the Mizbeach. So it says, no, that's okay, because we trust the Kohanim. They're very smart. They're on top of things. And they're not going to make any mistakes. And they'll realize that they're not supposed to put it up there uh, that day. The problem is that as long as you don't put the body parts of the, of the uh, Korban on the fire, the Kohanim cannot eat their portion. Because we said, would you think? You might have thought that the Kohanim could eat their part of the Korban even before the body parts are burnt on the altar. It says first the Kohen has to do the offering and then he gets to eat the meat. And the thing is, and as long as the Kohanim don't complete their mitzvah, so the people didn't receive their kapara either. It's a famous pasuk, right? That they have to eat, that through the eating of the of the korban is the kapara which means that the kohanim eat like a korban chatat let's say or asham and the uh, and the owners get their kapara from that so therefore since the kohanim are not going to be able to eat it so what good is it in other words I brought my korban on uh, let's say even according to the chachamim you bring your korban in the afternoon to be your kipurim, and they said it's no problem if it's for the sake of korban pesach we'll let you do, we're going to let you do it right so you brought your korban chatat to finish your to, to finish your purification so that night you can eat the korban pesach but since the kohanim cannot eat it so what good is it going to do for you right that you are uh, uh, that that we put it up there or in the case of Rabbi, we were talking about Rabbi, I guess there maybe they might even make an exception and allow them to eat it because that there it's explicitly allowed according to everyone because of the korban pesach but let's say a case where you want to go home and eat your korban shlamim that day according to Rabbi Shmuel ben Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka so what good is it that he allows you to put the korban up there in the afternoon if, if it's not going to be burned and therefore the kohanim are not going to eat from it and therefore you're not really going to get the kapara anyway so what good does it do for you it's not going to help you. Since you're not able to put the Evarim onto the Mizbeach that day, you're not able to burn it, so they treated it like a Korban that became Tamei or that was lost. You might have thought that if the body of the Korban is, becomes Tamei or is lost, that the, the Kohanim can't take their part that they butchered beforehand. 
they still ha- are entitled to it even if the korban is not burnt. So the point is that, that in this case, since it's impossible for them to burn it that day because it was brought after the time, and it's not al- so therefore they're not allowed to complete the service that night, they're not allowed to put it on the, uh, on the Mizbeach that night. They have to wait till the next day. So therefore they can't eat, the, the, you might think they can't eat the korban, but they can eat it. So since they can eat it, the person will get credit for it and they will become tahor and they will be able to then eat a korban that night and everything will be happy. Now, Rav Kana, Ramei, Rav Kana showed in a, a contradiction with Tzipsukim because Ktiv lo yalin chelem chagi ad boker. It says you should not leave the fat of my offering until the morning. Ad boker du lo yalin. Kola layla kula yalin. The implication is all night you could put it, but not in the morning, but not uh, un- until the morning. Right? But, but we also have a, a, a law that tells us that you can't do it all night. Right? You can only put things on the Mizbeach up till the time that the afternoon Korban is offered. So how could it be both are true? So he gave the answer, uh, he says, because they were talking about that we're talking about where the, where the Korban was left over. In other words, where the Korban was done at the proper time, like we said earlier. In other words, if the Korban was done at the proper time, the blood was put at the proper time, everything was done in between the two Korbanot of the day, and you just couldn't fit, let's say, the body of the Korban onto the Mizbech yet because there was too much else going on there. So you were waiting online. And so at the end, they have all night to do it because the service was done at the right time. But if the service was done at the wrong time after the Korban to meet of the afternoon, now you can't put it up there. Right? That's the idea. Now, again, Ramele Rav Safra, Rav Safra showed a contradiction to Rav. Ketiv lo yalin Right? On one end, it says that you could, you can't leave the uh, the korban pesach until the morning, but you could, but implying that all night long you could put it on the mizbeach. Right? Vakitiv olat shabbat b'shabbatov lo olat chol b'shabbat lo olat chol b'yomtov. But the problem is that when do you offer the korban pesach? You offer the korban pesach on a weekday, basically. Erev Pesach. So if you're offering an Erev Pesach, what are you doing? You're taking a Korban that was offered on a weekday and you're putting it on the Mizbeach on Yom Tov because it's saying you're allowed to do that. You're not allowed to spend the whole night without putting it up on the Mizbeach, but you, you can put it up at night, it's saying. Right? So w- which one is it? Is it that you're not allowed to put a weekday Korban up on the Mizbeach on Yom Tov or you are for the Korban Pesach? Which one? So it says, Amar Leik, Varam Yanni Alei, Rav Abba Barchia, Rabbi Abao, Rav Abba Barchia already asked this Rabbi Abao, Vishanele, and he gave him an answer. Achabar Basa, Shechaliot, Bishabat, Askina, Chalvejavat, Gravin, Biomtov. He said, You know what? It's talking about a very specific case. That Pasuk only applies in one very, very highly specific case, which is where Erev Pesach is Shabbat, like this year. Because since Erev Pesach is Shabbat, when they, when they offer the Korban Pesach on Shabbat, it was, it, it's allowed to be burned even on Yom Tov, because that night will be a Yom Tov. You're allowed, since the Korban was sacrificed on Shabbat to, uh, to burn the, uh, the, the limbs and everything, even the following night on Yom Tov. But on a regular Pesach, where it's a weekday, let's say Pesach falls on a, uh, on a Thursday, so the, so the Korban Pesach is brought on a Wednesday, so then you cannot burn the limbs and such of the Korban Pesach that night. It all has to be put on while it is still day, before the Yom Tov begins, because you're not allowed to burn the Korban of, the, of a weekday on Yom Tov. He said, really, just because of this concept that the fats of a Korban that, uh, of Shabbat can be burned on Yom Tov, we're going to have an entire Pasuk for that one case? Meaning that Pasuk is just talking about the very specific case where the Arab Pesach is a Shabbat? And that's the only situation? He said to him, listen, Shavkei Lekra, Dehud, Dachik, Omokim, Anav Sheh, he said, listen, leave the Pasuk alone. 
Right? Meaning the, the pasuk, it, the difficulty of the pasuk speaks for itself, meaning it requires a resolution. That's the only resolution that's available. The, the pasuk is creating the problem. We're not creating the problem, right? It's establishing its own difficulty. So meaning we have to, we have the only, only one explanation available to us, which is that it's talking about where Shabbat was, uh, Erev Pesach was Shabbat. And therefore you're, so that is the halacha really, that whenever, um, whenever, on a regular Pesach, they, they have to put all of the body parts of the Pesach that are going to go up there. Now really it's only the innards and stuff like that that go up there because the body of the Korban Pesach is mostly eaten by the owners anyway. But whatever goes up there has to be put up there before the Yom Tov starts because you can't burn Korban Pesach on the Mizbeach on Yom Tov, because the Yom Tov cannot cater to the offering that was brought on a weekday. However, if a year like this one, where it is Shabbat Erev Pesach, so the Korban Pesach is actually brought, being brought on Shabbat, so they're allowed to uh, put the fats and stuff on the uh, Mizbeach, even when Yom Tov starts, because since it was done on Shabbat, it's considered a Korban of Shabbat, and therefore has the special advantage of being able to be burned on the Mizbeach, placed on the Mizbeach, even on Yom Tov. Okay. What's the